0: The friends and partners of Kevin Inman Ministries present Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. Pastor Kevin is committed to equipping you to earnestly contend for the faith. For more information on Pastor Kevin and Contenders Radio, please visit our website at www.kevininman.org. That's www.kevininman.org.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of Contenders Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Inman, and today we are out of the studio. We're actually out of town even, no longer in the old hometown of Orange, Texas. We're in uh, Canyon Lake. I had to think for a second where we were. I'm a little tired. We're at a a mission camp. Our church supports a place called Quest Ranch Ministries out in the hill country of Texas, that great state of Texas, and uh, we're here. We come out several times a year. This week, we're here at Canyon Lake again. It is uh, the spring break time for many of the students in our church, and we brought a few kids with us, and uh, there's a team, just a seven of us, actually, that are here, and we're helping to serve the camp. Uh, Our friend, Corky Lucas, who runs the camp, and there is a group out of a church from Lubbock, Texas. They're about, um, oh, I guess, northwest of us, other side of the state, Texas is some I don't know, eight, 900 miles, maybe a 1,000 miles across. A uh, ginormous state, this great old state of Texas. But anyway, we're here serving these folks this week and trying to help out. And I say that not to boast or anything, just letting you know where we are. You're going to hear some screaming and hollering, I'm sure. Uh, there are kids all around where I'm at here, my kind of makeshift studio I've got set up and uh shout out to the Norwoods or the Norwalds as we like to call them for providing this location for me today to do this broadcast. But uh uh this group out of Lubbock, Texas is here and they're cleaning around the campground right now, trying to beat some bad weather that's coming in. Uh we've been working all we already this week, um a gentleman and his wife, a retired couple out in uh, Geronimo, Texas, uh, just uh, I guess Oh, a good thirty, forty miles away from us, uh, back east of us from this location. But uh, anyway, they lost their home. They had a handmade log cabin. I mean, it was just absolutely beautiful. A tornado came through a number of years ago and and uh, uh, just destroyed this home. Uh, it's still standing, but it's it's just been damaged beyond repair. They've been battling insurance and unable to get back in their home, and so. Um, the camp here, Quest Ranch, they do a lot of rebuilding and, and helping. We, uh, we've we been working on a home for another family that's going to be taken to the coast. Um, a year or so ago, Hurricane Harvey came through. Uh, I know you've heard us talk about it here before, but uh, there's a family that we're going to be providing a home for this summer. Uh, it's ready to be moved on site now. It's, uh, it's really neat, the process here. Kids get to come in from Um, around uh, texas and sometimes louisiana arkansas oklahoma these uh, new mexico even had some groups come in but but uh, we're able to build these homes as modules and then ship them and they're assembled and finished off their own site and that's one of the things that'll be happening Uh, they're doing a little work on it today but yesterday as i said we were helping a gentleman his lovely wife uh, this retired couple who lost their home uh, due to a tornado and They've just been battling insurance for several years and have been living basically in a garage. And so, uh, the 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 ministry here, Quest Ranch, a number of different churches have come in and helped to add on and and uh, make them a place that's livable. And uh, it's been great. And it's been wonderful having an opportunity to be a part of that. But that's what we're doing out here this week. And uh, we did some work there yesterday, finished up a, a little work inside. And and now the kids are, as I mentioned, they're, they're running all around. And so you may hear some banging and some beating here on the walls. You may hear some screaming. There's even music going in the background. But uh, just, just try to uh, let that just be part of the, uh, I guess, the feel for this on-location episode today. And what we're doing today, we're going to talk about the church. And so I, uh, as a pastor, that's my my primary role, I guess, husband, father, and pastor. Uh, This ministry here is separate. Um, It's just bonus. I guess it's like icing on the cake, if you will. Uh, This radio ministry, we're blessed to be able to do it, to have the the opportunity to do this, uh, and and just what a joy it's been to see uh, this ministry be be able to grow uh, with the Lord's blessing. Obviously, in some 140 some odd countries now, a number of stations have picked up across the United States as well. But uh, it's just it's just a blessing, and so I'm grateful for the opportunity and. Um, I'm going to continue to try to, to get uh, new episodes out every single week, and a couple per week is, is our goal, but uh, anyway, today we're talking about the church, and as a pastor, I love the church. I know uh, that God loves the church first and foremost, and uh, that desire, that passion, I guess, to love the church, he's instilled in us, in Christ, and that's great, but but there there are so many different... Ideals about church today, and and I just want to share a few things with you today. Three things primarily about being a word-driven church, and and uh, the the ideal for this is is not original. I'm not really sure there's any ideal that's original any longer. Uh, says there's nothing new under the sun in some of that wisdom literature in the Bible, but uh, um, this this was stimulated from a book that uh, I read a number of years ago. I think it was published back in 2005 called The Deliberate Church it was Mark Dever who uh, and another author I'm I'm sorry but the name escapes me but uh it's part of their nine marks ministry um, publications for churches to help churches and and this is one uh that we looked at and just not too long ago this past year taken um, our elders through some of these ideas as we as we 're seeking to be a biblical church and and we really do desire to be a church that 's driven by the word and so uh, the ideals come from that book but uh, we we 've taken taken the the outline basically about being a word driven church and we've we 've began to uh, just think through it and pay, pray through it for our own church and this is some of those thoughts that uh, we've we 've pulled together but I want to share with you because as i said there's there are different types of churches today And, and, you know, right or wrong, I know that different churches... Uh, may look a little differently in different locations, but really, a church is to be a church, and and something drives that church. And many churches today are driven by by crowds, uh, the seeker-sensitive kind of ideology of doing a church. And and I've confessed in the past that I've I was a part of that. Sadly, that and that uh, purpose-driven type movement for the church. And some churches are tradition-driven. There there are so many things that drive our churches. There 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 are churches that do light shows that do drama shows that do panel discussions there there are churches where uh there's no no longer any preaching but uh the pastor just sits up on a stool maybe with his cup of coffee in hand and and just dialogues with the congregation as if you know that's well, as if that's biblical, but, but they're just different ideas that have crept into the church, and many of them are 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 simply wrong. They're they're unbiblical, they're ungodly. And so because none of us are exempt from straying from the straight and narrow, we we've tried to be very deliberate back home at our church at Grace Point at Eagle Heights. We are not a perfect church by any means. I don't mean to imply that, but but we seek to be so. We absolutely do. We want to be a church that is driven by the word of God. And so the 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 assumption I guess for many folks, many pastors and church planters and and whatnot is that is that we we have freedom in Christ, so therefore we we can do church any way we want to. But but folks, the New Testament is, it teaches something com- completely contrary to that idea, I- idea, and so we we have to be driven by the word of god we have to be confined to what the bible uh prescribes or describes for us and and uh, stay within the guidelines of of what a biblical church is and so we know that in the new testament When churches gather together, remember the church is the people, it's not the building. We call um, the buildings the church oftentimes. We talk about going to church, but what we mean is we want to go to that gathering, that assembly, and we need to do so at least weekly. It's it's very helpful to do so uh, more than that if we're able to although we don't want to just hide out in our church as some sort of holy huddle. Now, we don't want to do that, but uh, we do want to regularly meet together. The Bible talks about us doing so. We want to be faithful to that, to regularly assembling together with the saints, the way the Scriptures would tell us to do. But So the New Testament tells us then that when churches gather, they're to read the Bible, they're to preach the Bible, to pray the Bible, to sing the Bible, and then to see the Bible by way of the two ordinances of the church, those two ordinances that the Lord Jesus Christ left for the church to follow. And so we want to be faithful in being that type of church. And so when we say a word-driven church, those are really the five areas that, we're talking about. These are mentioned in that book, The Deliberate Church, trying to be intentional about doing church biblically, and that's what we seek to do. And so this is just some that we've taken from that book, and and then some uh, that we've added to and prayed through uh, as, as the elders of our church. And so I want to share those things with you. In, te- in fact, today, um, we're going to just talk about uh, one to three of them, depending on how time goes, we won 't talk about all but but a church that's shaped by the Word of god that 's what we want to be and I would pray that that's the same kind of church that you want to be and what's amazing about this idea is that these things are transferable. These ideas are transferable to any culture, to any ethnic group of people, because there's only one race of people, the race of humanity. And so we know there are different ethnicities and different people groups. but, But what's interesting, what's amazing about the way the Bible describes and even prescribes for a church to be that this is transferable to any country, any people group, anywhere on this planet. And so if we would seek and if, if all of the pastors would seek and the congregants would, would seek, if all of the people, all the those who are redeemed would seek to be a word-driven church, this is something that could be trans, transferred in and, and you know, from country to country, but it, it could transform our churches, and, and that's what we want. We want transformation. We want the old to be gone and, and all things to be new. We want to walk in the fullness of Christ. We want to have the joy of the Lord, and we want to be about the business of the Lord through the local church, and so we want to be a church that is shaped by the Word of God. So what is a church that's shaped by the Word of God? What does that church look like? Well, a church that is shaped by the Word of God is a church first that reads the Word. We read the Word of God. We do so publicly, corporately, uh, privately, and, and and personally even. So both of those uh, things, public and private, corporate and personal, and that's just two different ways of looking at that same thing, but, but we are to do that both ways. So let's let's talk about corporately, publicly first as the church comes together. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 13 now Timothy was um one of the pastoral epistles 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus that were written by the apostle Paul and obviously 1st Timothy is written to a young man named Timothy uh his young son in the Lord uh, as he calls him but uh this was written probably uh, 63 64 65 66 somewhere in there 63 to 66 AD and uh Timothy uh had um, a mother named Eunice she was Jewish uh it would seem that he has a a father who was uh a gentile and uh uh so uh he is uh taken kind of i guess taken in uh, as uh um uh, the protege of the apostle Paul i guess you could say in so many words but but here Paul writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy he says this in chapter 4 verse 13 he says until I come, give attention to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation and teaching, and there's other things there as well but But here we see very clearly until I come, give attention to the public reading of scripture, exhortation, and teaching. Paul's telling Timothy to devote yourself to the public reading of scripture give attention, be committed. And it's it's imperative, it's command, give attention to. So it's something they are to do, to give attention to the public reading of Scripture. And churches should read Scripture out loud, gathered together. Scripture is the Word of God. It's powerful when the person reading it explains it, but it's also powerful, listen, when the person reading does not explain it. The Scripture's are the power of God, and so we, we we know that God speaks through His Word, and it oftentimes, usually, does not require explanation. In fact, a lot of times, our our explanation gets in the way of the Word. Does it not? Um, Jeremiah twenty-three verse twenty-nine, the Scripture says, is, is not my word like a fire?" declares the Lord, "Like a hammer which shatters a rock." You see, our our the scripture is powerful. It's powerful, and and the public reading of scripture is is great in the fact that that it 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 is the power of God. And excuse me, I, I I'm 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 struggling even to speak here. I apologize. Uh, we're in a new place here. As I said, we're on location out here in Canyon Lake, Texas, and and uh, uh, just I guess allergies, something just just. Crazy out here, maybe it 's the cedar that 's all around, but uh, i 'm having trouble uh speaking today been been that way for a while back home uh, we we, we don 't see much snow in in southeast texas where where i 'm from in orange Texas, but uh, uh it 's been snowing uh, recently in fact, the last month there 's been this yellow snow that 's been falling every day it 's called pollen. And if you're not familiar with that kind of snow, um, you don't want it. This pollen is horrendous for your sinuses and for your 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 voice, for your throat, all of those things. But anyway, uh, I, I, I I digress here. I'm, I'm chasing a rabbit that I don't need to be chasing. And some of you who are regular listeners are thinking, what's new? You do that all the time. And you're correct. I do that all the time. But the scriptures, again, the scriptures, reading the scriptures publicly, a church is to be about that Very thing, reading the scriptures publicly. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. And so when the church reads the word of God each week corporately, when uh, we read publicly, we're professing our reliance upon the word of God. We're declaring that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, as Jesus said in Matthew 4, verse 4. And so we want to continue striving to be a church that's word centered, a church that reads the word of God Corporately. And so that's something we want to do. And, and what we do is we seek to carve out time uh, in each of our Sunday services on, on the weekends. Our Sunday morning services is, is our largest gathering corporately. We also meet. Uh, most Sundays on Sunday evenings. And uh, it's a little more intimate uh, on Sunday nights. And then we also meet during the week on Wednesday evenings as well for a midweek Bible study. In fact, uh, Sunday mornings, we're finishing up the book of John. Uh, We're very close. We should be finishing up around Easter or Resurrection Sunday. And uh, Wednesday nights, we're going through the book of Revelation. Right now we're in Revelation chapter three. We're looking at the seven churches that were addressed in Revelation. And Sunday nights, we're in Genesis. We're on the back side now of Genesis, around chapter thirty-seven, thirty-eight, I believe, and so uh, that's we're teaching through three books of the Bible right now. It's the first time I've ever taken on three at a time like this. And John, Genesis, and Revelation—that's where that's where we've been. But uh, uh, anyway, we seek every Sunday morning to carve out time to read the scriptures together. We've just read through Psalm one hundred and nineteen we took each letter of that hebraic alphabet and uh, read those seven verses or so that were um uh, addressed you know starting with each letter in the hebrew but uh we've we've made our way through that entire psalm and and uh, we're reading portions of John now together but we seek to do that we try to to read every single sunday morning we read the scriptures together because we value the scripture folks listen i know that that my words uh, and you know from listening to me, I, I, I'm i not eloquent of speech. I'm just not. I, I stutter, I stumble. Uh, I make funny sounds oftentimes. I, I struggle to even try to swallow at times, and, and it's awkward, and and uh, there's nothing eloquent about it, all right. I'm, I'm not even sure I can pronounce "eloquent" correctly, but uh, but folks, listen. The power is not in my words. The power is not in my voice. It's not the cadence of my voice, the rhythm of my voice. It's it's not the the tone of my voice. Whether I I speak just like this or or you know real deep and deliberate it's none of it's none of those things what what's powerful is the word of god and so we know that god's word is real it's powerful it's alive and active all of those things we we know that to be true and so what we seek to do then is when we gather because we place such a high value on scripture we want to hear it we want to read it we want to devour it and uh, and and really we want to be devoured by the Word of God. I know that apart from God and His Word, um, I know how wicked my heart can be. And friends, God's Word is the remedy. God's Word is the remedy for that wickedness. And so we want to read it together corporately, but also privately. It's good not just to do in public, but it's good to do privately, personally. As the church, as we Christians are 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 reading the Word of God, we 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 want to do so, and 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 as we read, we, we 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 just become aware that that as I think it was William Gurnall who said he was a Puritan. He said the Christian is bred by the Word and must be fed by the Word. Thomas Watson also likewise proclaimed the Scripture is both the breeder and the feeder of grace. How is the convert born? But by the word of truth, James 1.18. How doth he grow? But by the pure milk of the word, 1 Peter 2.2, end quote. And so we know that the Scriptures are so important, therefore we seek to be intentional in reading. So are you reading the Bible on your own time? It's sad, but, but so many people, especially in America, we have such readily um, – the, the Scriptures are so readily available to us. In fact, in any given household in America, even, even Christians who – or excuse me, even homes where there may not be Christians, typically even those homes have access to a Bible. And if you don't have an actual Bible, which – most people do in fact we 've got a number of Bibles. Um, we lost some in the flood uh, last this past year, but we we give away Bibles a lot as well, but we still have a number i 've got uh, probably three or so just myself, maybe four again um, but but here here 's something else though in in uh, America, especially, we know that just about every single American over the age of ten has a cell phone, and I know that's crazy, and if you're listening elsewhere outside the United States, that may just seem uh preposterous to you. Uh, just um just exuberant and 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 wealthy and all of those things and uh but and, and that's that's true it's 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 a little ridiculous um the 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 dependence we have upon these cellular devices these phones, but anyway, the good thing about the phones is that we have access to the Bible on our phones there are apps like u version and different apps bible apps uh logos the bible software you can access all of those things right there in you the palm of your hand using that device so that that's good but you would think that with the abundance of access that we have the 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 ability just to open up the bible anywhere we are be it in print which i prefer personally to have the real pages i love to hear those pages turning on sundays especially but you would think that that we would read the word of god but you'd be shocked at how few Christians really get into the Word and read and study regularly. And so I want to encourage you to do that, to read the Bible on your own. It's its sad to think that there are Christians who come to church who haven't read the Bible all week at home on their own. And so from Sunday to Sunday, they hear the Word of God on Sunday, and then they're pretty much done until the next Sunday. And, and folks, that's, that's I just don't understand how that can be. A Christian should hunger and thirst for righteousness, and, and, and we hunger for God's Word, seeking out God's Word and, and being filled by God's Word. I can't imagine going without God's Word. So we want to be a church, and, a, and a, a word-driven church is a church that reads the Word of God. Secondly, a word-driven church is a church that preaches the Word faithfully. It's not only reading, but then preaching the Word faithfully. In Second Timothy chapter 4, Verses 1 and 2, the Word of God says this. Paul is charging young Timothy uh, with doing this. He says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. And he gives the reason why in the next two verses, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. So we've read verses 1, 2, 3 and 4. They're out of 2 Timothy chapter 4. And so we're to preach the word faithfully. Why? Because people don't want sound doctrine. They naturally just want their ears tickled and they want to accumulate. We want to naturally accumulate for ourselves just People that will tell us the things we want to know, the things that, that we desire, and 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 and, and things that, that really don't require anything, don't demand anything of us. And so that's one of the very reasons we are to faithfully preach the word, to be ready in season and out of season, reproving, rebuking, exhorting, and doing so with patience and instruction. And not just simple patience, he says, but with great patience. And so Paul, he did precisely this. He himself declared, quote, the whole counsel of God, end quote, to the church at Ephesus, Acts 20, verse 27. In Acts 20:27 20, through 32, listen to this. The Word of God says this. He, Paul says, For I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in. Among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Acts 20, verse 27 through 32. So church, listen, my friends, church gatherings today should be centered on sermons. I know that's not popular today. And as a preacher, I guess you, you could say, or, or some would say, well, preachers just like being heard. I, I'm not I'm not sure that's necessarily true. I'm sure there are some who just like being heard, but that's not the point. The point is that the word of God is where the power is. It's where the change comes from. God uses his word. He doesn't use my words, he uses his word. We have we have pushed the sermon aside and we have we've tried to do things like dramas and puppet shows and and not that those things are inherently evil. That's not that's not what I'm saying, but it's the word of God that is to be front and center. Today the main draw for so many congregations is the music. The light shows and, and 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 oftentimes friends, listen, you know that it seems that we're going to a concert. in fact, many times it it would seem even even in our own church, we have a a band that plays a piano, a couple guitars, bass drums and and folks listen. instruments are not the issue but, but friends, we have to be honest and say that sometimes the way the way in which we lead the congregation in singing can be a detriment to the congregation's singing and that's something we're becoming more aware of again it's it's not that one type of music's more holy than another that's that's not what i'm saying god can be glorified with all styles of music all different types of instruments we see even spelled out in the psalms in particular in the old testament we know that around the world different cultures different ethnicities and and cultures they enjoy different types of music some with with many types of drums and, and 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 let's be honest some with different types of dancing even and and you know growing up in the south uh here in the United States who to talk about dancing in church that's a that's a topic uh That'll get you um, stoned, whipped, thrown out of of the congregation. But but in some cultures, in some um, places around the world, that is normative. And so we we want we want to be sensitive to those things at the same time, though realizing that it's the word of God that's the most important thing. It's the word of God that's to be central. And so the preaching of the word, a church should preach the word and the and the sermons the 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 sermons central theme should be the central theme of what the passage of scripture is that is being preached i know I, i've been guilty of this in the past and and i pray i'm never guilty of it again and i seek to guard against this but it's so easy to take verses out of context and to wield them in a way that they weren't intended to be wielded to use it for our own gain, to to make a couple points that we want to talk about and then just look through the Bible and try to find verses that support our points. That's called eisegesis. That's wrong. That's reading into the text things that, that most likely aren't even there. We want to be expositors of the Word. We want to use what's called exegesis. We want the Word of God to speak out the points, the the teaching points. We want to draw our application from the text. We don't want to read anything into the text. We want the text to speak to us, to direct us. And so the main point of the sermon is to be the main point of the passage. The application for today is to come from the passage itself. And so the word then becomes the focus. So we want the word of God proclaimed by a man of God in the power of God's spirit to bring about the word of God so that hearers can change so that we can be changed according to the word of God, God moving through his word. And friends, listen, God's word is a precision instrument for man's soul. It is Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart it is a precision instrument like a like a surgeon's scalpel and so we want to wield it precisely delicately with with purpose and using it the way it's designed to be used so we want to read the word we want to preach the word and so a bible centered or a word centered church preaches the word of god and what we do in in and as we do it i should say we want to provide people with um, I guess you would say the green pastures with in, in which they can lie down and graze i 'm just thinking about psalm twenty three verses one and two there and so we want to make sure as we 're as we 're leading the flock to those to those green pastures where they can graze upon God's word. We want to have milk for the newborn Christian, according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, 1 Peter 2, 2. We also, though, not only milk, but we want to have meat for the mature Christian, according to Hebrews 5, verses 11 through 14. Hebrews five eleven through 14 says, Considering him, we have... Much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So, friends, we need to clarify the gospel for unbelievers and nominal Christians, and then clarify uh, clarify its continuing implications for true believers and, and, and 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 mature believers. Excuse me, there. Programs, personalities, those things come and go. They're they're dispensable. Programs again, they're 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 simply a tool to use, but it's the Word of God wherein lies the power. That's where the power is. Without food, sheep die. Without the Word of God, God's people perish. The Puritan minister Richard Baxter understood the importance of preaching and he said this he said I preached as to never preach again and as a dying man to dying men and friends listen that's something I try to live by today and and there are days when when health or sickness and and just fatigue get in the way of that sometimes uh petty sin distracts but my friends listen I'm telling you my heart is to do just that what Richard Baxter, Baxter describes I have I have come to see the futility of human wisdom. I've come to see the power of God's word. And I want to be a man of God that reads the word and proclaims the word. That's the kind of church that that we want to have. And I pray that that's the kind of person you want to be and the kind of church that you want to have as well. There's one more thing here very quickly, and that is that a biblical church, a word-centered church, is a church that prays the word of God. And we do so persistently, praying the word. And Paul urged the church that, that they would that they would have prayers as they gathered together. 1 Timothy 2, eight. he said, Therefore I want men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. He goes on in 1 Timothy 3.14, I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you before long. But in case I'm delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of of the truth. And so the content then of our prayers should be biblical and they should be to edify the members present. We want to pray things that are biblical. We want to pray things that will edify all of those who are present. That's why we want to as we gather conduct ourselves in a fitting way. First Corinthians 1412 says So also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. And that's what we want to do Verse 26 goes on to say What is the outcome then brethren When you assemble Each one has a psalm Has a teaching Has a revelation Has a tongue Which is language Has an interpretation Let all things be done for edification So our prayers even Are to be for edification This doesn't mean that The prayers in the church service Have to be dry and formal But they should be rich Biblically Biblically rich here are a few prayers from the Bible that we can pray in first Chronicles twenty nine verse eleven and following yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty indeed, everything that is in the heavens and on the earth. Yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. First Chronicles twenty-nine, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. First Timothy one seventeen says this now to the King eternal. Immortal, invisible, the only God. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. First Timothy one seventeen. First Timothy six fifteen and sixteen. First Timothy chapter six verses fifteen and sixteen says this: He who is the blessed and only Sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone possesses immorality, or excuse me, immortality. Pardon me. Who alone possesses immortality and dwells in inapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Let me read that one again. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in inapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to him be glory and eternal dominion. Amen. Amen. Oh, send your light, Psalm 43, 3 says. "O oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling places. Is uh, Ephesians 3:18 and 19. May we be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Friend we need to pray rich prayers full prayers praying the scripture even and these are just a few passages that talk about some aspects to prayer and 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 we're at time here today but friends let me just encourage you to be a church to be a to be a man or a woman of god first and foremost who reads the word preaches the word, praise the word. Be a church that reads the word, preaches the word, praise the word. Be involved in that type of church. Strive to to make your church better by being that kind of person. So how are we doing as a church? How is your church doing? I know we continually ask ourselves these questions, and we're, we're seeking to do that again, even as a congregation. We make sure that that what we proclaim is God's word. We make sure that the songs that we sing. That's one of the other things we didn't talk about today. But singing the word of God. We make sure that the songs we sing are biblical. There are a lot of songs that we may like. We may like the tune. We may even like what they have to say. But if it's not from God's word, if it doesn't line up, if it's not scriptural, um, I mean specifically scripture, or if it's not scriptural, meaning it's it just takes a verse and maybe um, uh, paraphrases or 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 just takes principles from a verse, you know, those things are okay to sing as well. But if it's not, then we don't sing it. we weeded through songs, and we've we've stopped doing a lot of songs that used to be done in our congregation throughout the past years. But but there there are some groups whose music we just won't even touch anymore because of of the doctrine that's coming out of their own churches and and just because of the lifestyle of some that are singing and 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 listen i say that knowing that that's controversial and and i also say it with the recognition that that every person that writes a song today um just as always unless it's the lord himself writing which his word okay the lord is ultimately the author of the word of god but any human is frail and just steeped in sin at birth. We recognize that. But folks who are, who are ongoing in false teaching and in immorality, we do not want to elevate their music and thereby give approval to their lifestyle or to their doctrines. And so we have to be very careful. But, but again, how are we doing? How are you doing as a church? Our, is your church, rather, and, and we're asking this of ourselves as well, are we reading, are we preaching, are we praying the Word of God? How are we doing individually? Am I reading? Am I hearing? Am I praying the Word of God? What is in my life that's more important than the Word of God? We have to ask those questions seriously, seeking the Lord in the answering of those questions, and then and then not only just hearing what He has to say through His Word, but being willing to be obedient to His Word as well. So let's let this be our prayer from Psalm 103, verse 8 Uh, through 12 it says the lord is compassionate and gracious slow to anger abounding in loving kindness he has not dealt with us according to our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us And, folks, that is something that we can be very thankful for and very excited about. And so I pray that you will seek the Lord while he may be found, that you'll call on him because he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. He is good. So God bless you. Until next time, take care.
0: Thanks for listening to today's broadcast of Contenders Radio with Pastor Kevin Inman. For more information on this or other broadcasts, please log on to our website, contendersradio.com. That's contendersradio.com. You can also find us on the web at kevininman.org. That's kevininman.org. There you will find podcast episodes, blog posts, study helps, and more. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you in your pursuit of the truth.